Hey everyone, welcome to StreamYard Connect. It's a special edition of StreamYard Connect, a special primetime edition uh, in honor of CES. And it's the Consumer Electronics Show. It's the biggest uh, electronics, consumer electronics show in the world. And so we're coming to you thanks to our friends at StreamYard with a special edition of StreamYard Connect and Rob Greenley, a Hall of Fame podcaster, will be along in just a couple minutes, and he's going to join us actually from the event and uh, give his report, and we'll talk about some of the great products going on there, some of the trends, and a whole lot more. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. It's uh, it's a lot of fun to be on in prime time and talk about. A lot of the technology that's being revealed, that's being introduced at CES out in Las Vegas, and a lot of the products we may soon make parts a part of our lives. Some of them are uh, just in the introduction stage. Others are maybe ready to hit the market in a month or right away. Uh, so there's a lot to uh, consider and a lot going on, a lot of panels, a lot of speaking. Um Rob was part of a digital Hollywood series that's going on and, and podcasting's a part of that. So we'll get Rob's thoughts on that as well. And so thank you so much for joining us. As I mentioned, StreamYard Connect, this is a special edition. It's being brought to you by our friends at StreamYard and StreamYard is easy to use. It's stable and it delivers high quality live streams. It's a great option for live streaming your shows. If you'd like to host your show with StreamYard, and why wouldn't you? Head on over to StreamYard.com slash Ross. If you're already hosting your show with StreamYard, thank you so much for being a part of this great product and this great community. We appreciate you so much. And thanks again for joining us tonight. And if you're new to StreamYard, we'll just let you know that with StreamYard, it, it does make it easy to host shows, and you have a lot of options of destinations you can go to. You can stream to Facebook. If you have access to LinkedIn Live, you can stream there. You can go to Periscope, which gets you on Twitter. You can go to YouTube Live. Uh, recently added is Twitch, which is a great option. And any platform that accepts an RTMP connection, it's basically using a stream key that you get from that destination. You plug it into StreamYard and you can connect to uh, a whole multitude of, of options. If uh, there's a place you want to stream to, you're not seeing there, but Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Periscope slash Twitter and Twitch. And on the basic plan, if you subscribe to the basic plan, you can actually multi-stream to two destinations at once. And if you're on the pro plan you can stream to five destinations at once so that's a little bit about Streamyard. ces is the event going on right now it's officially july 7th through 10th but it actually uh started yesterday i believe with the media day there may even have been some events the day before that as i mentioned it's the world's largest tech conference 170,000 attendees expected 400 uh, 4500 rather vendors are there lots of media 7400 members of the media are attending and people are coming from 150 different countries it's being held in Las Vegas and it is a huge event and an exciting event um it, it's billed as the world's gathering place for all those who thrive on the business of consumer technology and uh, just a, a quote from C CES's own uh, website. It says CES has served as the proving ground for innovators and breakthrough technologies for 50 years. The global stage where next generation innovations are introduced to the marketplace. I'm Ross Brand. This is a special edition of StreamYard Connect. And let's bring on our special guest. He's going to be with us for the rest of the show. He's Rob Greenlee. Uh, you may know him as the VP of Content and Partnerships at Libsyn. He's also a member of the Podcasters Hall of Fame. He's served on a digital Hollywood panel at CES. Can't wait to learn a little bit about that. And he's also been, uh, for years, the co-host of the new media show, 
Let's welcome our good friend, Rob Greenlee. Rob, thanks so much for joining us live from the floor at CES. Yeah, it's great to be here, Ross. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally live on the floor. I'm actually in the Samsung Galaxy Book S booth, which is just outside of the Central Hall, right in ground zero of the convention center. It was a little bit of a challenge finding a, a space or a vendor that had enough room in their booth to uh, to accommodate me doing this live show, so so it's been it's been fun. It's been an exciting day. I've I've got sore feet, which is totally to be expected from walking around trying to look at as many booths and fighting through the crowds as much as I can to find the cool tech. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things to see there. I imagine you could go through uh, several days there and not see everything or learn about everything. Right. Is there been one or two uh, items, and we'll we'll get to? I have a whole bunch planned that we can talk about. But were there a couple things that might have stood out for you that just blew your mind that you're like, I can't believe that's coming along? Yeah, I think it's. I mean, at, at the Consumer Electronics Show, it's always pretty much around the same um, technologies. It's just kind of an evolution and improvements and things like that. And I think that the big thing I spent a lot of time with today was car tech. Um, and, and what's happening is, uh, cars are becoming more and more like rolling iPads and that's, that's basically what's happening. And I went to all of the, you know, um, Chrysler, Jeep, you know, uh, Toyota, all of them, and just to see what they were up to with in-car entertainment systems, they're, they're making, you know, improvements in those areas. I think we're going to see more, uh, flat screens in our cars going forward. Um, and what I found it r- r- really interesting when they were showing concept cars, they kept showing like tablets on the dashboard, right? It wasn't like it was built into the dashboard. It was more like it, it was just easier for them to go get a Samsung tablet or something like that and and attach it to the uh, to the dashboard, right? So so there's a lot of that stuff going on, and I I talked to a couple of other, other vendors in there too, and they're actually automating the uh, the rearview mirror, right? So so the the rearview mirror. Um, can be connected up to a bunch of cameras outside of the car, and you don't really need to use the rearview mirror as a really a you know like a mirror. You can use it as like a video screen to see what's going on around your car. And I thought that that was really really interesting that there was moving in that direction. So screens and technology, and I actually spent some time with uh, you know the Amazon folks, you know with, you know with their um, Alexa trying to get it in the car more and more. And they're they're pushing hard on that to get it integrated into the vehicle as much as possible. So, but it's going to be separate from CarPlay or Android Auto. So you're going to be able to access the complete catalog of content on the the Amazon smart smart speaker platform. Um, so so it's it's really interesting to see you know the tech kind of evolve and improve. And but clearly our cars are becoming. Like I said, rolling iPads and and apps and technology is is just coming into the car like crazy. Like like they're almost like uh, home networks now, where where each of the the screens on on the back of the seats um, has its own CPU connection to a central processing unit in the vehicle, and and there's more and more cars um, that that have video cameras in there. And one of the other scary tech stuff I saw was um, was that they're going to have these um, you know, it's almost like a, a security type system that's going to be in your car that's going to examine each of your passengers in the car and monitor their activities when they're in the car, right? It was, and I kept thinking, you know, what's going to happen to our car insurance, right? If they're, <laughs> if they're monitoring what, whether or not we're holding a phone, right, or right. We're, we're distracted or what our age uh, group is and are, are we, you know, falling asleep in front of the, you know, it's like all this data that they're going to start gathering about our, our activities in the car now is just really kind of amazing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just hope people are paying attention to the road with all those different screens and cameras. Well, I think that's, that's the bigger picture, right? So there's all these countermeasures to all these distractions, right? So, so, right. So there's going to be like, I I don't know if they're going to record the video of every time we get in our vehicles or what we're going to do in our cars or what's going on with all that. So, so I thought it was really interesting on that. Yeah. So um, let me get to the the first product. It's, it's one I think you've seen uh, today and that is 
the Roland Go Live cast, uh, right. which debuted right. at CES. And I'll just run down a few of the specs. It's called it's a it's a mini vlogging studio for mobile live video production. And it's got a headphone port and it's got XLR quarter inch combo jack. And you can you can connect it to a mobile phone and you can charge it through micro USB. It's listing at $249.99 USD. And I, I think this is interesting, Rob, for uh, a bunch a bunch of different reasons, um, not the least of which it's something you might be able to use right now if you decided to go live from your phone. And rather than, you know, tapping the phone like the phone is your camera and you keep right. moving forward, you now have a little controller that you can use and you can plug in an XLR mic and uh, yeah. I guess you got it all in one device. What were your your thoughts from taking a look at it? Yeah, I got a chance to to play play around with it, and it was really kind of kind of you know really interesting. So if you have like two phones, you can right. create a multi camera shoot with this thing, right? It just plugs directly into your your uh, your phone, and it uses your phone as the base to record the the video or the audio or whatever it's you're doing. So you don't need any additional equipment. So you just need you know an XLR to plug in your microphone, and then a couple of good quality um, mobile phones, and you can create this multi camera shoot. Um, and it's got got touch action buttons to play sound effects, uh, video clips, all that stuff right right into the recording. Uh, and it's this little tiny box, and it's just it's just amazing, you know. It's something that I I'd love to build build my my next studio around. It'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so you think you would use it at home as well as on the road? Yeah. Or? Yeah, I think you could. I think you, you know. I mean, the video cameras in our smartphones now are terrific. So I don't know why we couldn't use them um, for for doing all the live stuff. It actually, you just click one button, and guess what? It simulcasts up to YouTube, Facebook Live. Twitch, Twitter, all of them at the same time, right through the box. Right so, through that box. Right, right. Wow. And then is there like a, a monthly subscription or anything, do you know, that you have? Not that I heard about. No, no, I didn't hear about it. Wow. It sounds fantastic. I mean, Roland makes some some high-end video oh, yeah. gear, and I, I know they came right. out with something last year for live streamers that's sort of a simplified video production hub but that's you know that was in the, maybe the fifteen hundred dollar range and that right. was really for hooking up you know several professional cameras but right. it really puts mobile production a little bit of that physical production that you can do right in the hands of of the average user that's pretty right. cool <laughs> yeah it is it is yeah i mean I, I said i would love to get one just to test it you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, and and to see what the audio quality is like, being you can right. plug in an XLR mic, yeah. Um, yeah. is the audio quality that you're streaming uh, that's then recorded by a platform or however you're recording right. it. I don't know if there's a way to record it locally, but will it be good enough yeah. say, to make a podcast from? Well, I think you could, and and they actually had a pl plugged into a, a uh, Samsung SM7B, which I was a little surprised. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they actually well, because. You know, it takes so much gain to drive one of those mics. It's the same mic that you're using there, right, uh, Ross? And those things oftentimes require an additional gain boost device, like a cloud lifter. But um, he actually, the, the the guy giving me the demo of it, he actually demonstrated with the SM7B, and it sounded terrific. So, so it's got even enough gain to drive a high end mic like that. Yeah. So tell me about the Digital Hollywood panel that you did and the, the whole series of Digital Hollywood and how it relates to podcasting that's going on right now. Well, Digital Hollywood, if you're not familiar with it, has been a conference event that's been based out of L.A. and the, the Consumer Electronics Show for like the last 20 years. So it's it's been a well-established organization to educate Hollywood around the development of digital technology. So this past year in, in LA, just back in October, they, they had the very first um, podcast kind of section of the digital Hollywood event. And I, I participated in a couple of panels and I did a live new media show from the, the digital Hollywood event in Los Angeles. And so I got invited to be on a one day kind of event stream here at CES um, on, a, on one of the two podcasting panels. And the one that I was on, 
was really about um, podcast visionaries and talking about the the direction and the development of the podcasting space um, in a broader sense. So it was really a a good good panel. So it was really good. It was the day before CES starts, so it was a little bit uh, not as as fully attended as I think it would have been if it would have happened during the, the general session of the event. But but I think it's a good start. You know, this is the first time that I've I've heard of any podcasting panel sessions being held at the Consumer Electronics Show. So uh, hopefully this is just the beginning of, of more. And it's the same pattern that I saw happen with the NAB, uh, with the NAB show about three or four years ago when they started to add uh, podcasting content to that event as well. So ho- hopefully that happens with CS going forward. Yeah. In fact, a couple of years ago, I think I've, I've attended that event now. The, the NAB show in New York, I've attended about three three years now and i think the first year i i ran into your colleague rob walsh over mm-hmm. on the video side That's i was right. expecting that maybe there'd be some some podcasting you know on new york is they combine the nab and then there's also the right. audio engineering society right exactly uh, and libsyn was actually set up in the video side and uh, that was interesting to uh to find rob over there well Technically, Lipson supports video files too, so that's it's right. Not, we're not only a um, a audio podcasting platform. I mean, if you look to the history of podcasting back in the early days, about twenty five percent of the podcasting space was video podcasts. So, so and we still support um, video files as a and so does Apple. So actually, so video podcasts are still alive. It's just Google kind of not well. Google and YouTube kind of kind of killed that opportunity to some degree. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I should mention that uh, StreamYard Connect is now also a podcast. You can listen uh, not only on Spotify, where we've been for the last couple weeks, but we're now on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and a bunch of other directories as well. So you don't get to see the whole show live and you you prefer to listen rather than uh, watch the replay that event, that option's now available to you. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about smart speakers because voice-activated technology and voice assistants mm-hmm. are a big part of of this event. And Google's gotten a lot of praise for uh, some of the upgrades they've made. Their their Google Assistant is faster. It's more lifelike. It's uh, can read a, a web page to you that sounds more like a person than a computer reading them, but obviously all these different companies that are getting into this space and have been in the space for a little while are moving forward and it's becoming more a part of our lives. What did you see or learn about smart speakers and, and voice technology? Uh, yeah, I spent some, yeah, I spent some time uh, with the Amazon folks earlier today talking about, you know, what they're planning to do with the uh, the smart speaker platform from them. You know, I hate to say the, the name of it because it can activate a bunch <laughs> of devices. But but um, but it was really I mean, it's interesting because uh, what I saw happening there was their push towards trying to get uh, that that technology more into the to the car uh, and also getting it into other types of devices. So I think it's it's going to uh, over time it's going to be included in more and more other other electronic type devices maybe things that are in the kitchen like maybe your refrigerator or or other your microwave or something like that it could be integrated into those experiences or those devices so you don't have to buy a separate Amazon device to be able to get access to that stuff um, but I thought that the big development was. They're more and more working with the automotive manufacturers to get the technology integrated into the dashboard, and that's that's going to be separate from CarPlay or Android Auto going forward. So they were a little cagey on my question about whether or not that technology would uh, would work with Android Auto or Android CarPlay or not. Right. Um, it it probably won't. So, but I also believe that Amazon is going to work on kind of doing a better job of building out their their catalog offering for that platform so they may not need access at least for podcasting anyway to get access to the content that they're going to have that uh, under control is what i would call it right right and as a 
somebody who's been on the cutting edge of, of podcasting since uh, almost since the beginning of podcasting and yeah. a, a podcast hall of famer and, and in your work with Libsyn, where is podcasting going? What are the priorities for the podcasting industry as far as what is their place going to be with uh, voice technology? How best can uh, both companies and individuals who are podcasting take advantage of these new technologies to reach more people? So you're you're referring to the smart agent technologies that yeah. are that are being developed? Yeah, I mean, I I've, I've been doing a lot of thinking about that over the last few years. And kind of keep an eye on it. And I do do meet with the Amazon folks, and I do talk to those folks, and and they're they're really bullish on it. I think as we think about how we're using our our, our computing devices, more and more it's shifting more and more toward audio control. I mean, um, if people are going to find that they're going to spend less time holding their phones up to their screens or to their faces, um, and being able to access it through you know like earpods and and be able to do things, you know, with these uh, smart agent technologies that are going to helpfully um, solve some of the other problems in, in our lives, as well as, you know, actually think of things that need to be done or accomplished before we even think of them. So, like, we put a calendar appointment in there saying, I'm going to fly to some destination, and your smart agent technology could go in there and figure out all the best airfare rates for you right. and deliver that back to you. And all you have to say is, yeah, book me for that, you know. So, so that's the kind of thing that I think we're going to see. But as far as access to content and podcasting, I think it needs to become a little bit more natural language. And right. one of the big, big developments that I, 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 I've talked about in the past, but also have heard a little bit more about too, is the utilization of transcripts and, and audio, um, getting deep into the content of audio podcasts that is going to drive discovery through these audio platforms even, even better because the, the platforms are going to un understand the context of the content that's being produced, not just the, the real basic metadata or title that we've been living with for the last 15 years. So these smart agent technologies are going to be able to help us discover the content that's most relevant to us and what we're most desired, really in our interests. Um, there, there's some danger with that, though, because, you know, the serendipity of content discovery is is powerful as well, you know, to be exposed to lots of different content, not just what the, some technology thinks that we want to want to discover. So right. there, 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 there's some downsides to that as well, but but I do think that uh, it's these technologies are, are going to get more adopted over time. You're watching a special primetime edition of StreamYard Connect. It's presented by StreamYard, the browser-based live streaming app that makes it easy to use, uh, stable, and delivers high-quality, professional-looking streams. Host your show with StreamYard. You can uh, start hosting. If you're not already, you can go to StreamYard.com slash Ross. We're talking with Hall of Fame podcaster Rob Greenlee, vice president with Libsyn, and a longtime podcaster, and somebody on the cutting edge of voice and video technology through the years. Uh, it's great to have you with, with us, Rob, and, and from the floor there. Anything uh, that just kind of <laughs> turn your head as far as like, this is ridiculous, or I can't believe anybody's ever going to use this? Yeah, I think a lot of the the concept cars, like I was... I was in the uh, the Mercedes Benz kind of booth, and some of the, the the wild and crazy car concepts that they have that they that they're just so space age and, and crazy. Like it was so crazy, there was no room for your legs or your feet. So <laughs> so it was just kind of like you know it, it's it, it's almost like artwork. You know, it's not it's you know there's no way that that's ever going to make it to the street, right? Right, right. Um, but it's but it sure built a big crowd in the booth and. And it just makes you shake your head. And plus, and then the other thing I saw too was these 8K, 120 inch display TVs. Yeah. Um, you know, you start thinking about you know how these video experiences are are, are becoming like real life. I mean, I mean, it just doesn't. It, you can't really tell the difference anymore. So those are the big things that really kind of kind of jumped out at me uh, as far as you know the the kind of cutting edge technology that we're seeing at this event. And it doesn't surprise because this is where you find those kind of technologies kind of presented and offered. Well, I want to take a quick look at a camera from Canon. They've released their new flagship DSLR. 
Uh, and it's the, called the Canon EOS 1DX Mark III DSLR. Um, it's being promoted uh, for sports photography and video. The video is 5.5K at 60 frames per second. You can do 4K, uh, 20.1 megapixel sensor. It's designed for speed and reduced noise. It's got what's called a low-pass filter for an improved sense of resolution, according to Canon. And it creates these high-efficiency image files that have more dynamic range and a wider color uh, palette than a JPEG does but they're easier to edit and smaller than raw files. And one thing that the, uh, the editors of Engadget, which I was reading, pointed out was that the autofocus is disabled when you're going at 50 or 60 frames per second. If you're recording uncropped 4K or 5.5K video, however, uh, it, it autofocus is supported at 30 frames per second. And of course, it's supported at up to 60 frames per second, I believe, if you're shooting 1080 or, or 720. I'm sure that the video is is pretty phenomenal from this camera. Uh, Engadget concludes overall, however, the video performance on this camera looks pretty stunning, even compared to Canon's Pro C-Series video cameras. Uh, they mentioned that if you're creating video for... Uh, Netflix or certain broadcasters, perhaps there's an issue with the time code that might not make this the right camera for that. But for everybody else who's got $6,500 for the body only, this is uh, something that's available. And I think what's interesting is they, they went with a DSLR rather than a mirrorless camera where a lot of people are, are putting their priority for video into mirrorless cameras of late. Yeah, it's really interesting. I did go to a couple of the camera booths and, and they are pushing, pushing the envelope on, on video and, and doing a lot of stuff like that. So, I mean, a podcaster could use one of these cameras to do their, to do their full podcast. I'm sure. So, oh yeah. yeah, totally easily. So I also, um, Ross, I wanted to, to mention a, one other booth I saw there is called Neon. I, I, I don't know if you can see it up here, but yeah. and it's hard to really see it. But but what this company is doing is creating artificial humans. <laughs> so so that's that's basically it's just a digital rendition of a human being. Wow! But but they're actually making it. I mean that's that's one of them right there. It's a woman that's. That's just, you know, I mean, looks like a real person, right? So when the idea behind it is that these these people are are going to be the people that are going to be our customer service reps at like hotels and and <laughs> you know kiosks and all all kinds of so we're going to be able to talk to and have a conversation with these basically avatars is what they are. Um, but they're but they look like real people and they behave just like real people, just like what you're seeing right there. Um, I thought that was really kind of a, you know, it kind of it kind of made me think a little bit. It's like, are are, are we ultimately going to be replaced here, Ross? I, I don't know. <laughs> did you try? Did you try speaking to one of them? Actually, they didn't have that actually working at the booth, okay. but 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 they had like a I know they had like thirty artificial humans up on you know full full life-size screens right so you could walk up and it's like you would like talk to them like they're standing right there wow <laughs> not sure what i think of that <laughs> yeah and actually they're not based on real humans they're actually an, an artificial creation of a human which i i talked to the personnel there and they said that it's like an ethical thing that they they just won't do is actually create um copies of real humans wow so if so, whoever they create won't look exactly like somebody who's out there. So that yeah, you or I yeah. won't be responsible for the actions of our likeness or our avatar yeah. online right. that we can't control. But otherwise, right. it should trick you into thinking that you're dealing with a real yeah. human. 
but they did say that they do have the, have the technology to be able to scan a human, right? Completely scan them and completely replicate them. So, <laughs> yeah, but they're not going to do it because it's it's against their 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 moral compass or something like that. So I, I'm assuming that they're using that technology so they can get at least basic human parts <laughs> that could be created into something new, right? So right, right. All these different eyes, all these different mouths, all these different hair hair colors, you know, body types, all that stuff, and then you can mash it up into something unique. So basically, we take the human out of the job that a human used to do. Exactly, it's gonna it's gonna basically put a, with automation yeah, and and a, and a put a lot of people out of work, right? And and, and uh, you know a uh, an FAQ and uh, you ask your question, and a robot comes back with some sort of computerized answer. Now we actually have a seemingly real person that's sitting right. in the seat, but not a real person. Yeah, and I also saw some 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 TV screens that were actually transparent TV screens wow. that actually played uh, or showed full color um, on, on them too, and and so you, you could have this hybrid experience between being able to see through your your video experience to what's behind it, um, or or have it be completely solid like a regular television. And I kept thinking about these digital avatars, right? You could have this, this, just this panel, this clear glass panel going up and this human walks right in front of you and you don't even realize it. Right. And if they add like a 3d kind of effect, it could be just like seeing a real person. Right. <laughs> well, from there, let's let, let me take a look at another product that's a little more uh, a little more humdrum than that. Not quite as exciting, uh, but it is interesting. And a lot of people use earbuds. I'm old school. I stick with the headphones. Uh, but Audio Technica, you probably know them from uh, microphones, and they also make a lot of high quality in studio headphones for for broadcast and music professionals to monitor. Uh, and, and they're they're getting in. They've been getting into the earbud business for consumers, and now they have noise canceling earbuds. Uh, the battery life isn't that great. It's only four point five hours, and then you have to spend, I believe, at least five hours charging it compared to their non noise canceling earbuds, which will last you fifteen hours. Uh, but it's it's uh, pretty highly regarded, uh, the efforts that they've made so far. I haven't seen a review of these, but what Audio Technica has been able to do with earbuds has uh, received very positive reviews. Uh, these are $249. I think they are either on sale or will be on sale soon. And again, these are completely wireless earbuds that have noise-canceling technology in them rob would you use noise canceling earbuds well i actually use the 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 apple ear, earbuds right now so I, I i use them all the time so i think the it's wireless ones or yeah to, total total wireless yeah and and it just untethers you from your from your phone right so you can right. i listen to podcasts all the time on those things I, you know and i know w women can use these things too they can put them put them in their ear and nobody ever will ever see it because they have oftentimes they have long hair so it covers it up so you don't even see them right um so so i think it you know the the earbuds are gonna help elevate the listening to podcasts more and more because it's so convenient yeah um it, what other technology is coming along with podcasting that, that you've been paying attention to uh, I think the big thing that's that needs to happen in podcasting is that you know I know a lot of podcasters want to want to make some money in their podcasts, and I think and this was a topic that came up at the Digital Hollywood event is be able to get the ad buyers, the, the the companies that are buying ads into podcasts, to buy larger numbers of shows. You know, basically buy into smaller shows mm -hmm. um, to to run campaigns. Now, podcasting isn't all about just making money. But I know that um, and many shows don't want to make money, and that's perfectly cool, and that's always been the case in the podcasting space. But, but it does feel like that the ad buyers that are buying into podcasting need to open their minds up to the fact that, that there's a lot of value in, uh, 
running advertising campaigns in smaller shows, not just going after the the right. Adam Carollas or the Joe Rogans or the really really big shows, but start working with uh, larger numbers of shows, uh, and we can really grow this industry around advertising and um, get podcasters paid. I mean, for for all the hard work that they do. Right, right. I'm seeing a lot of small business owners and solo creators talking about how their podcast has been a, a big asset to them as far as growing their business and building right. their, their brand. And now something that you're hearing more about, I think, is actually companies using podcasting for internal communication. Right. May or may not put it out on right. Apple Podcasts or Spotify, yeah. they, but they may, even if it's just for basically geared toward employees. But a lot of them are, are kind of internally directed right. as another right. form of communication. Let's give people right. media in the content that uh, that they like to consume media in and that they're used to consuming it in. Have you had any, you know, companies approach you or approach Libsyn or other right. companies in the podcasting space yeah. saying, hey, we want to do an internal podcast, but, you know, we, we don't have any gear or we don't have anybody right. who does podcasting. Have you, have you seen that kind of that kind of interest? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Libsyn has a whole complete product line to support what we call private podcasting. Right. So it, so it, it basically gives you a secure feed that you can only share with the people you want to share and you can turn it off when you um, want, want to stop sharing it. Right. So you can turn it off and on and actually control that and control who it goes to as well. So, so, and I think that's, that, that has been a growing area in the podcasting space actually for many years. It goes, goes back way, way, way back. Uh, it's not really new in the podcasting space, but I have had some, I've, I've heard people say that it's, it's growing and it's, it's it's overall adoption because like you were saying you know the enterprise can take advantage of this stuff and and more and more of them are now with video and especially with courses and webinars and things there are different services where you can put together sort of a pay-per-view event as a small business owner solo creator yeah. you can are there options for doing that with audio only content with podcasting yeah it's just uh Premium content is what it is. So you you basically do almost the same thing as the private podcasting, but but you wrap around a, a you know a transaction engine on it um, that you can take micro payments or, or or payments to get access to the to the content. So yeah, so all this stuff is is available and the technology is built to to go right now. But it typically doesn't work for all podcasts, right? Uh, so it's usually shows that have a, a specific higher value, uh, you know, equation to them, or they're they're shows that um, have huge audiences that the creator wants to wants to create a subscription and a relationship. Um, but it's usually a, a small subset of the shows in the podcasting space. We'll get to a couple more products from CES in just a minute. This is the special primetime coverage of CES. Thanks to our friends at StreamYard. This is StreamYard Connect. I'm Ross Brand. If you'd like to host the show with StreamYard, and why wouldn't you? Check out StreamYard.com slash Ross. StreamYard.com slash Ross and get started. You can get started streaming 20 hours a month for free. And then if you want additional features, there are a couple of excellent paid plans that you can look into and save money on as well. Again, streamyard.com slash Ross on the podcasting. And as we're talking about it, uh, a lot of live streamers are becoming in, interested in, in taking their shows when they've gotten the replay and the download and turning them into podcasts, just as a lot of podcasters have been video, you know, using video to to tape their record their their podcast while they're producing it and put a video podcast up on YouTube or live right. record there. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that that synergy of, of live streaming and podcasting? Well, yeah, I 
I think it, I mean, a lot of creators like to do, do live. I mean, uh, and, and in some ways it's actually a really great way to build a deeper relationship with your audience or, or a subset of your audience that maybe wants to see you now and then, not, not just listen. So, I mean, that's like what, what you do, Ross, and what I do with Todd Cochran with the new media show. We, we like to go live. And if you're, if you're comfortable doing live, um, it can save you a lot of time in post-production too. Um, so you just produce the show like you want it and just put it out and don't do a lot of post-production editing, but, but you still can. It's just that when you do it live, there's no way to edit while you're doing a live show. So you kind of have to, have to just be willing to, um, accept the fact that you may have some mistakes or errors in your, your production and just go with that. I think it just depends on the kind of production it is. There's definitely a place for live, as as we are doing right now. Uh, I think it's it's a lot of fun to do live. I I enjoy it a lot, and and I'm not perfect at it, and I don't profess to be perfect at it. I just uh, go with it and have a good time and and uh, share as much as I can, and and then but still take the audio out of the video and push it out as a audio podcast. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. If you have a question for Rob, please do uh, throw it in the chat. We have uh, a lot going on here out at CES, and uh, we appreciate you being with us. If I don't get to your comment uh, while Rob's on, I will follow up. Uh, there's just so much going on with podcasting and live streaming and some of the different products. Uh, I don't know if you happen to eat pork or not but there's a vegan pork uh product from the folks at impossible that's getting a lot of publicity coming out of the event i'd say it's probably one of the five most publicized uh items there and if uh you've uh, heard about the impossible burger which is supposed yeah. to really replicate meat and it there's an impossible whopper that burger king's now selling which is right basically vegan assuming you don't get the mayonnaise on it uh it's basically a vegan burger yeah, right. uh, but the reviews are are really off the charts for the the pork saying that it tastes like real pork did you happen to go by the booth or try i did it? i i did i actually i i got like three samples of it so, <laughs> so it, was really, it was really good it was really good actually my daughter was working the conference too and she told me that it was over a actually in the parking lot of the convention. So it wasn't even in the, in the main pavilion. So, so yeah, it was a big crowd around it for, for, for the ultimate pork burger. <laughs> yeah. The impossible. Uh, yes, that's right. The impossible. impossible burger. Yeah. And so, uh, and apparently there were pictures of it, you know, like in, in, in uh, like little dumplings and in all different types, like any dish that requires pork, you could use it. Yeah. Um, and not only is it gluten free, but they're working on coming out with both a, a kosher and a halal version wow. for uh, right. certification. So they're hoping I, to have a big market for this. Um, but these, I'm not quite sure what the connection is to consumer electronics with that, but but I guess it's, <laughs> it's it, tech, it, right? <laughs> I mean, it's high. It's high tech food, right? Is that what we're talking about here? I think so because it, it doesn't come out of the ground, or it certainly doesn't come from an animal that way. So they've had That's to right. engineer, in a sense. That's right. That's right. It's a high to a high tech burger. Is what it is, right? Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Apparently, uh, it's been such a hit that they're already working on bacon as well. Wow! 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 Okay. So you can get your your plant based BLT or club uh, as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet you all the pigs and the cows are cheering right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great day to be a pig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they always talk about the sustainability, but they never they never actually talk about it. Also, being good for the the animals that aren't <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> We have to look at everybody involved here, right? Yeah. Now, did you um, come across any robots? Oh, of course. You can't go to the Kazuma Shrine Show and not get not get knocked on by a robot, you know, wanting to do something for you. No, you know, or or luggage following people around everywhere, you know, things like that. So, you know, I actually asked a guy. Actually, he walked into the men's bathroom and he had his <laughs> luggage following him into the bathroom. 
And so I asked him, I would really love to get one of those. And I said, how much are one of those things? And he said, uh, $800. And I like, oh, okay, I'm not getting one anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw, like, one thing I saw, there was a a pet that's, like, supposed to replicate a pet. And yeah. it's got the fur, and then it supposedly yeah. has the heartbeat and the tail wags. and uh, yeah. But then there's also, for people who live alone, there's this, um, what is it called? Uh, it's like... Pebo or something. Pebo, uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I think it's basically to- a foot tall. Toyota makes it. I think it's Toyota that makes that. I think it's. I think it's a Korean company. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Let me uh, let me just pull up the uh, let me pull up the slide for that real quick. I got a couple slides on it. Um, so here here's what it says. It, it's by a company called Circulus. Uh, oh, okay. Pebo. And it's a companion robot for people living alone. It's controlled through voice command, um, QR embedded flashcards, or through its associated dashboard app, which works with both iOS and Android. And it's got a five megapixel. I'm sorry. It's got a five megapixel camera in its mouth. Oh my goodness. In its mouth? It to see the world around Hey, the fans are going crazy. Hey, hey, they must like our our broadcast here. There you go. Our our stream. And and the battery has two hours of runtime, though it does require five hours of charging. As I mentioned, it stands one foot tall. And (laughs) and it says, the the, the reviewer says, um, I'm just going to go for a second while while I read this, Rob, so that. Uh, while there's some background noise, I'll just read you what uh, the reviewer from Engadget wrote about Peebo. Adorable personality. It sang, it danced, it told me the weather and that it loved me. My heart would have melted if the responses hadn't been in Korean. Peebo does also speak English, which will come in handy when it eventually becomes available here in the U.S. So that is Peebo, and Peebo is a companion for people who are alone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't actually uh, make it over to the uh, the other uh, other main pavilion that had the robots, so I didn't get a chance to see a lot of them, but I saw some in, you know, like the, the Toyota booth and a few other booths out there that you know, they're still really kind of rudimentary. I'm not, you know, I mean, some of them are, are, are cool. They'll they'll follow you around and, you know, you can get water from them or they'll make coffee for you or something like that. But that's about it so far. <laughs> well, you know what I think? It, it, it seems awfully much, a lot like a, a smart speaker that kind of walks around. Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it's the same concept, right? You say... Pebo, <laughs> well, if you, yeah, if you combine the technology that's used in the uh, the luggage that follows you around with the robot, right? I mean, you can always have the the coffee espresso robot follow you around, uh, and then whenever you want to turn around and get it, get an espresso, he's right there. <laughs> <laughs> you can go get you the uh, vegan pork sandwich. Right, exactly. You can you can do all the running around so my feet don't get sore. Yeah, there you go. Well, Rob, it's been so much fun spending uh, the past 45 minutes with you and getting your insights on CES. What's coming up for you uh, for the rest of the conference and what else is uh, on your schedule going forward? Well, actually, this is my uh, last day here. I'm going to be flying out tomorrow, so I'm going to head head back. I've got some other stuff I got to got to do, and then there's uh, there's always more conferences to go to. So, <laughs> so, so, and then I mean, because we're you know, once we get into February, then there's podcast movement evolutions down in down in Los Angeles, and I'm actually going to going to I'm a judge at the iHeartRadio uh, Podcast Awards here on the 17th down in Los Angeles. I'm going to be down there for that. Uh, and then Podcast Movement Evolutions is in L.A. as well. So I'm going to be doing doing a couple of panel sessions down there and a, and a live new media show oh, from, okay. from there as well. And then and then after that, in early March, is, is PodFest down in Orlando. I'll be and, at that one, yeah. 
we're also going to be doing a live new media show from Podfest as well. So excellent, excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks again for spending so much time, Rob Greenley, Hall of Fame podcaster from Libsyn. And if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to uh, to follow you to connect with you? Yeah, I think uh, Twitter is a really good way to to keep up with me. I I post most often to to Twitter, and that's just at Rob Greenley, and that's with two E's. Uh, you're certainly welcome to send me an email if you uh, want to talk podcasting at all. You can send it to robg at lipson.com. Uh, that's that's terrific. You can also listen to my podcast I do with Todd Cochran called The New Media Show at newmediashow.com. And we do that every Saturday morning at uh, 9 a.m. Uh, usually. Uh, and that's usually stream live, kind of like what we're doing right now. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. Enjoy the rest of the festivities. Have a safe trip home. Thank you. Thanks, Ross. It was great to be on the show. Thanks so much, Rob. Rob Greenlee is uh, always great to talk to and so glad he could be a part of this. Uh, So many people active in the chat. I want to say hello to uh, Stephanie Lee is here. Beauty Bubble, Andy Falco, Jimenez, uh, John Preto, April is here. Patricia is here. Uh, Mike Thank you all so much. Bonnie Frank and Barb Tomlin have been active in the chat. So great to see you both. Thanks to everybody. I know there's a lot of people whose names I'm not going to get to. Some very funny comments. Uh, Mr. John DeStefano is here, of course. And uh, Noby Kleinman uh, is uh, contributing as well. Thank you all so much. Uh, for being a part of this show. And let me tell you real quick about Libsyn. Uh, And Libsyn, where Rob is from, is a podcast host. Uh, One of my podcasts is on Libsyn. So uh, you can, if you host a podcast, you can upload it to Libsyn and then distribute it to all of the different uh, podcasts directories from there as rob does Streamyard. we've got shows uh we've got this show which uh is typically on wednesdays the next show will be next week on wednesday 2 p.m eastern you can find it on facebook on the Streamyard facebook page also on linkedin on twitch and on periscope and as i mentioned not only can you get the replay in audio version on Spotify, but you can now, as of today, get it on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Just look for StreamYard Connect. And I typically do uh, one watch party uh, with the replay uh, in a few days. So take a look for that. If anybody has a time that they want to hang out and chat for the watch party, let me know. Uh, That's another way that we uh carry on the conversation and of course every sunday night 9 p.m eastern dan and gage the co-founders of Streamyard, host the Streamyard town hall you can find that on facebook youtube on periscope twitter and on linkedin and a, a huge thanks again to Streamyard for uh making this show possible uh we love the work that Streamyard does uh, the special primetime edition of StreamYard Connect is presented by StreamYard. StreamYard's a browser-based live streaming app that is easy to use, stable, and delivers professional-looking streams. Host your show with StreamYard. If you're not already doing so, head on over to StreamYard.com slash Ross to get started. Thanks to StreamYard. Thanks to Rob Greenlee, and thanks to you for being a part of the special coverage of CES for StreamYard Connect. Take care, everybody.